Welcome to RTB, the podcast from the Northeast Ambulance Service. I'm Amy Rosendale, a PTS Operations Manager at NEAS, and in this episode I speak to Helen Morris, Senior Clinical Advisor Paramedic. In our conversation, Helen tells me what trim means, why we have it in place, and how we support our staff. Hi Helen, welcome to RTB. It would be great to start with a little bit about yourself. Okay, hi Amy. Um, so, um, my background within the service, I started in 96 as PTS in what was Durham Ambulance Service at the time. I've then gone up to be um, an advanced tech, then a para, then I've done some time in training school, back to being a paramedic and team leader, and I'm now working in our EOC as a senior clinical advisor. So yeah, I've been here quite some time. Excellent. So you've seen a lot then? Seen a lot, seen a lot of changes. Um, seen a lot of changes within the job itself as well, not just within yeah. the structure, but yeah. Excellent. So we're here to talk about trim. So can you tell us a little bit about it? Um, what is it? Okay, so trim is um it's a sh- short and abbreviation for trauma risk management. It's there to kind of help support our staff with dealing with you know we're all exposed to some not very nice incidents at times and it's helped it's designed to kind of help staff cope with and manage those and give them that outlet to be able to speak and share how they're feeling about things um to hopefully provide them with some relevant support at, not long afterwards excellent is it is it just for operational staff no, so one of the things that I found in my training and I didn't really expect to find is we all we all get exposed to trauma and how we all deal with it is completely different because I don't know what goes on in your life outside of work and you don't know what goes on in mine. And those things can actually affect how we personally process trauma. So what might affect me might not affect the next person and what might affect that next person may not affect me. So we've got to be very, very mindful that people, people's personal lives actually do impact on how they process trauma within work. What I did find within my training was that I didn't realise how much, obviously I'm a background, my background's paramedic. I know facing that trauma as a paramedic can be quite distressing. And I understand from a health advisor's point of view that obviously hearing that trauma at the end of a phone can be quite challenging as well what I didn't think about was the other people within the trust who um, actually suffer this trauma and we don't really realize so we all see trauma as this traumatic event this big thing this RTC or cardiac arrest or, or something like that when I did my training one of the in the first part of the training we have to do a lot of um carrying out a trim interview with each other so a lot of role play stuff one of the people that I actually did my trim interview on was somebody who was in risk and one of the the actual incident they chose was an incident where they had to listen back to a call recording of a house fire 
and they knew this was for the coroner they knew that the outcome was not good they knew that children died right. in that fire so I never thought about this but as a health advisor you've got some kind of control you can you can kind of influence what's going on at the scene you've you can actually ask people to do things you've got that control of it as a paramedic or a cca or rapid response you're going out and you can physically do something this person had to listen to that call and listen to the health advisor dealing with it listen to the family behind listen to the noises behind knowing the outcome and not actually being able to do anything to change that yeah i I can see it's it's seen obviously being operational myself as well we do occasionally see things and I think yeah you would forget potentially about the other people behind the scenes absolutely but I think it's it's something that no matter what job role we do whether it's headquarters based whether it's AOC based whether it's um you know scheduled care whether it's unscheduled care this is for everybody we're so so lucky as a team because we have um trim practitioners who come from all walks within the trust we have senior managers we have pts we have ccas we have headquarters staff we have health advisors we we have everybody and it's such a lovely team atmosphere as well but it's not about what your job role is this is open to everybody and we're here to support anybody we can yeah that, that's good to know um i mean i've had uh some dealings with the trim practitioners and uh, they were mostly from EOC or operational staff and I didn't know that we had anybody from outside of those those areas within the organization so it's it's good to know that it's open to anybody um what what kind of person do you think it takes to be a practitioner somebody who cares about the colleagues I think that's it you know it's it's not about you it's about going out there and my reason for picking it up so I've done obviously team leader role and I've done um training role but I found that I remember the first time I ever de- dealt with an incident at work it was a long long time ago um probably about 2001 where I kind of got assaulted at work and my manager at the time and it was hey it was the culture at the time my manager at the time told me and my colleague that what we needed to do was go home have a glass of wine and get ourselves back in for the next shift and I remember that I remember that night vividly and I don't ever want anybody if I can do anything about it I don't ever want anybody going home the way I felt that night and I think that's a really good mindset to have isn't it yeah absolutely and it's it's all about just caring and you know we all do it naturally we all kind of chat with our colleagues we all kind of support each other as much as we can but we do need a little bit of a formalized approach from the trust as well we do need to be able to have that support and know that chatting to your mates great don't get me wrong that it's absolutely the backbone of the ambulance service no matter which bit of it you're in however actually being able to talk to somebody who isn't involved in that incident who is kind of going to give you that support and point you in the right direction if you need further support and check in with you and just be there it's it's all about giving back to each other it really is yeah and I think what you said about sort of the the culture of the organization 
is something that we found when we were were accessing it on on PTS um, for some support. A lot of staff were quite closed to the idea um, of of taking that support. They didn't think that it was for them. They they didn't think they that what they'd experienced was was you know fit fit the right category for for what Trim offers. But actually, most of those staff since sitting down in groups with the practitioners have actually changed their mindset um, and it is something that we do try and and share uh, with the staff if if there's something going on like you said you don't always know what's going on in someone's life um so how how do you access it no it's really really ac- easy to access now which is which is good we want to make it so that it's accessible to everybody and you don't have to be seen to access in it because because sometimes it's really hard as an individual because to kind of access some support because you don't want everybody else to think oh my god they're not coping or they've got something going on and we still have that stigma we want we want to firstly remove that stigma but in the meantime we want to make this accessible so you can self you can self-refer into Trim. You can have a colleague refer you into Trim. You can have your manager refer you into Trim. But what I must stress is that if you self-refer, unless you want your manager to know, they don't know anything. It's completely and utterly confidential. If we want to refer you on to occupational health, that has to be your choice to agree to that referral. It doesn't go on your file. We keep no records. So we literally have a, a checklist that we go through while we're doing a trim interview. And we just mark that down. And the sheet that we mark it on is actually wiped clean. So we don't hold any records. Um, it, We just keep a score. And that tells right. us whether you're high risk of having some further problems, whether you need some support, or whether you're okay at the moment. And... If you're okay and we don't refer you on to anybody, then we check in with you 28 days later just to make sure things haven't changed. But it is, it's open to everybody and it is completely confidential. I'm guessing by what you've just said that the conversation with yourselves isn't necessarily the end either. If you feel the person would benefit from something more, that you can access that as well for them. Yeah, we absolutely can. We can do that. And even if we don't think at that point in time that they do need some help, we can we do check in a month later because sometimes these things don't come up straight away. So we kind of like want to keep an eye on people and just, you know, be there for you. But if we think at that point in time you do need some support, we can do that referral directly. And again, it doesn't necessarily have to go back to your manager unless you want them to be aware of that. So everything within the, the initial trim conversation is completely confidential it stays in the room um the only time if we need to discuss it with a third party is if there's any risk of harm to the person or any criminalities being disclosed other than that what's said in the room stays in the room and am i right in thinking you can do it one-to-one and as a group or as a group Absolutely. What we are doing at the moment, um, obviously we've got a lot of new trim practitioners in place at the moment and we're always looking for people who are interested. 
But so what we tend to do, and this is kind of a quality check on us as well, is we are having somebody, if it's the first the first interview, then we, we'll make sure that we've got a buddy with them. So to make sure we're, we're all actually doing what's right by our colleagues as well and making sure we're all coming up to standard, which is positive. Um, but yeah, so if there's been a big incident, we can do an individual trim, we can do a group trim um, where there's like a few people in the room and that can be the choice of the person who's having the trim as well. Also, if you do decide, you you know, for whatever reason that you want to access the trim team, you have a choice of who actually does your trim, who carries out that trim for you. So um, if you don't want somebody with the same job role as you, because that can be sometimes that can be quite, you know, you just want somebody outside of that or you want somebody right. outside of your area or your department or you don't want your line manager who happens to be a trim practitioner you don't want them to do it you can actually request that so it's somebody you feel comfortable with and somebody you feel comfortable talking to excellent it's certainly a big change for the organization i think mental health on, on the whole and um, the support that we've got access to now has changed a lot i've been here for nearly 18 years now and, and we've seen um a huge change but i think trim is probably the um the one everyone's well, not everyone maybe some people are still a little bit kind of unsure of so I hope this has answered some questions um can you give us some examples of, of how you think it's worked well or how it's been used or yeah absolutely and I think you've probably seen the same as me that any new thing that comes into the trust we're very very skeptical of when we've been here for this length of time and yes we've we've seen too many things come and go what we want with trim is we don't want to make this huge big song and dance that it's all all singing all dancing what we want is we want it to come in quietly we want people to start accessing it we want them to be happy and safe accessing it and we want it to be here to stay definitely um it certainly seems that way uh, I've I've met like I say met quite a few of the practitioners and and it's a diverse group of people. <laughs> Definitely, they're they're very very we different, uh, which I suppose is one of the benefits, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, because you need to you need to find somebody to talk to who you you kind of like you can either gel with or you can trust or a mixture of all of it, and who has a similar background or doesn't have a similar background. We need a variety of people, but we kind of saw a few things that we've dealt with it for. We really, when there's been an incident, whether it's, you know, listening to a recording, whether it's taking a call from somebody, whether it's turning up to pick your patient up to take them to the fracture clinic and finding actually they've had a fall or they've, they've actually died before you've got there, or whether it's an RTC or whether it's a traumatic cardiac arrest, it's normal to feel unsettled afterwards and it's normally to be affected whether it was visual you were involved in it or you just heard it and you want it is normal to reflect on that and it is normal to think about you know we all do it don't we what if mm -hmm. I just it, it that is normal it's a part of normal processing but what we're doing is we're trying to access people who if 
72 hours after the incident, they find that their routines changed a bit. They're not doing the stuff they would normally do or they're finding some of the stuff they would normally do harder to do. They find their sleep's being a bit abnormal, distressed or they're waking up during the night or they're not getting to sleep till yon time and they're waking up early. And anything that they're kind of like, there's changes to their routine following that incident, that's who we want to speak to. We're here for you. You know, we, we want to kind of have that conversation so that these symptoms don't get worse or if they're already not being managed, then we can actually get you some help and support to manage them. We've had, sadly, over this last year, a number of incidents within the trust which have led us to reaching out and being a bit proactive about that as well, um, which we tend to try and do. But a couple of things that I've done personally, I've had a couple of trims where, well, I've had one trim which was quite distressing for the colleague that they'd been out to a job um, it was an operational colleague they'd been out to a job they'd ended up having a prolonged length of time shift wise due to involvement with the police and things um this that actual day was quite difficult for them to quite challenging for them they'd had previous jobs that had been similar a number of years ago and it was a member of staff who'd been in the trust for quite some time and was quite sceptical coming to have a chat. In fact, they did try to put it off before the chat. So we kind of tried to organise this time for us to have a chat. And they've gone, well, I really don't think, you know, I don't think I need to. We then kind of just, you know, try to organise that time, even if, even if it was just like a five minute catch up so that I knew they were okay. Um went out and had a long chat about what had gone on and how they'd managed and how they'd felt about the shift. And our chat's very, very facts. It's not about feelings. We don't do feelings. That's not what we're here for. We're not counsellors. We're not coaches. We're not, you know, therapists. We're actually going through the, the actual facts of what happened. The reason behind that is that if you go through facts... This helps your brain process things because we need to, to to prevent further trauma, to prevent things like PTSD or CPTSD later on. Our brain needs to process and timestamp those things. So we go through what's actually happened, what was going through your head when. This is how this is how we broach the conversation. And after this hour that I'd had chatting with this person, we'd come away, they'd felt listened to which is a positive to start with and felt that it was something that was quite positive that somebody not involved in the incident not a manager was actually there to support them and because it's confidential even though the actual case did then go to the press later on everything that's said's fine so you know when you're told well you can't talk about that because that might go to the coroner or you can't talk about that because there might be a criminal investigation in the room of trim, you can talk about that because it goes no yeah. further. So when I rang, they didn't need any help and support at that point in time. When I rang for the 28-day follow-up, the feedback was really quite positive, which for me for for me as a as a kind of long-term member of staff and for somebody else who was long-term, actually feeling that that was a positive thing was massive. 
Yeah, it, it is, I think. And from my perspective as a manager, I think sometimes staff aren't keen to open up to us about the facts for that reason, you know, in case there's investigations and things like that. So I think it 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 must be very good for a member of staff to know that they've got somebody that they can talk to that is it is literally just what's what's said within those walls stays within those walls like you say with obvious there are some factors that you would have to potentially pass on but it's a safe space to speak freely about what's happened yeah and if we have to pass those things on then we get their consent as well and tell them that's what we're going to do so it's not a surprise you know, everything Everything is a two-way conversation. It's not a one-way conversation. And if you're accessing the, the trim support, you know, if you're doing it self-referring, you don't want anybody to know, do you have to have your appointment within or you, you chat within work's time or can you do it in your own time? Can you come in and, and meet somebody when you're not on shift so nobody knows? Actually, we we don't do it in work's time. We right. really do find that... Um, so some of our trim practitioners are headquarters staff and they are able as part of their role to carry out their uh, trims for people within work time. We don't recommend that somebody who's having a trim has it within work's time because purely because, you know, it's obviously you're obviously in a position where you feel you need some support. So feeling you need some support and then having to go back out and carry on with your job is really not the best the best way to do it our other trim practitioners who don't work within a job role who who means we can do a trim within work time we do that in our own time and we are paid single time for it or we can get toil for it but the person who's having the trim can also have toil for that time and they can or they can also get it paid a single time if they prefer that so would recommend it was outside of work time just purely because, you know, obviously it's something that's affected you in the first place. So having it before a shift is not ideal, is it? Or halfway through a shift, it's, it's kind of, we don't want to put you at more risk. Yeah, I suppose it can bring up some emotions, can't it? If you're reliving an event um, that was quite Absolutely. traumatic to you, I suppose, going back out on the road after that or back into EOC or to your day job is, is going to be harder. Yeah, and we want to keep everybody safe. And... We want that protected time as well because, you know, it a trim interview can take up to an hour or a group interview can take up to about 90 minutes. We don't want somebody getting halfway through that and then getting called out or, or kind of like having something interrupted. We want to make it a safe space. And I think operationally at the minute, it, it's probably quite hard um, across both scheduled and unscheduled care to get that time. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that's ever going to change anytime soon. I mean, it's a heck of a different trust than it was what when I started and when you started. We, we're just yeah, exponentially definitely. busy on both sides. And therefore, our background services are exponentially busy too. So yeah, in in time, I know it's time off, but it is for the staff's support. And like I say, they can get paid for it or they can get toil for it. So and we can also arrange those those trim chats in the area where they work or near to their homes or whatever's convenient for them. Um, we do try to, to 
find somewhere that, that's convenient for all of us to, to work to and somewhere where we're not going to be interrupted or overheard. Yeah, I suppose that's the um another downfall of a busy station as well, isn't it? Or an AOC or somewhere like that, that it's finding that space as well. Yeah, absolutely. But we, we do endeavour to do that because, you know, this is important. This isn't something that we want anybody walking into halfway through or anything like that. So we, we do make sure that whenever we have those chats that that's really, really safe and it's it's not going to be interrupted. And again, that can be your choice, whether you want it at a station near to you, whether you want it near your work base or whether you want it outside of that. So, you know, we're, we're open to suggestions. We're open to kind of helping people as much as we can. So there's there's lots of options. Yeah, loads of options. So for yourselves as practitioners, obviously you're spending a lot of time talking to to, to staff um, about their about incidents, things that they've been through. How do you all look after your own mental health? So as a practitioner, um, I'm an advanced trim practitioner. So we have practitioners. Um, all of them are assigned to an advanced practitioner. So as an advanced practitioner, we check in on our practitioners, make sure to see how they're going. We'd have regular chats with them. We've got um, we've got some CPD stuff behind the scenes as well, starting to go on. And one thing we've found, which didn't wasn't kind of orchestrated in fairness, it was just happened. Um, we had a big incident not long after uh, a few of us had qualified and it was really, really quite strange because when we were picking up some of the trims, there in the inbox was messages off some of our other trim practitioners going, is everything okay? Were you all right with that? Do you need to check in? So the, there was an informal thing just happened. I don't know how it happened. It just did. But I suppose that's the kind of people we've got as trim practitioners that we all do look after each other. So now it's we're in the process of formalizing a bit more. So we've got, we've got that, the the advanced trim practitioners looking out for, um, their trim practitioners. We've also got a group, a group chat for advanced trim practitioners. So that's something that we all dip into if we need any help or support. We often have people at the end of the phone. All the advanced trim practitioners have a phone so that people can give us a ring if they need to and have that that chat afterwards as well and Deb's just been amazing that you know whatever we need she's there at the end of the phone for us as well and she's doing this alongside her full-time job too um she's definitely worthy of that award that she won she's absolutely massively worthy of that award yeah but um yes we're just we are very very lucky that it has happened so naturally but it is something that we're we're kind of very aware that we want to keep going so it's it's formalizing that process but we have got that and we have got some um obviously we can refer into trim as well if we want to we've always got that option too but you've got a really good support network behind the scenes amazing support network behind the scenes and auntie walton's doing some other stuff for us as well um to kind of like some potential we've got some potential kind of like drop-in sessions that we're going to have going ahead for for trim practitioners and advanced trim practitioners as well so yeah we've got a lot going on behind the scenes um to support us to help us support our colleagues excellent so now we've talked quite a lot about it if there's people out there listening who would like to get involved 
um, who would like to become a practitioner, how do they go about doing that? Uh, they need to drop an email into the, the trauma risk management email inbox. I'm sure Debs will be over the moon to pick it up or um, there's myself and Chris Buick as well also kind of help Debs behind the scenes a bit. So we'd always have that conversation. Um, or keep an eye out on Siren as well for the next time that we're advertising for, for more people. But yeah, you know, we can't have too many, can we? And the more this becomes normal in our daily lives, the better it is. We had a discussion on the advanced trim course that um, one of the police services who were on it with us was receiving quite, well, I think something like 10 to 20 trims on a daily basis within their force because wow. it was normal. Whereas for us, it is, it's new. It's yeah. something that a lot of us are a bit skeptical about so far, but yeah, it's going to stay. And we've, we've absolutely got that. We want this to stay because we've seen the, the benefits from it. Um, But we want it to be normal while we don't, you know, you never want to expose you, your colleagues to that amount of stress, but to have 10, 10 trim referrals a day, that normalizes trauma. That normalizes the fact that actually, if you have had whatever traumatic event it is, that you can have somebody to speak to and it stops it having that stigma. And we really shouldn't, it shouldn't have that stigma, whatever level of trauma it is. Absolutely not. And hopefully we've had some listeners today who will now maybe think twice in the future if they feel like they need the support um that they, they may well reach out for it and obviously as managers we would encourage them to do that whether they talk to us about it or not absolutely and the thing is we can go on siren you can put trim into the into the search box at the top it brings up our page which we're kind of in the process of revamping and putting some new stuff on it's got the qr code on there you can scan that at home you can scan that there is some on stations, there's trim cards out there. You can scan that. It doesn't have to be done in front of anybody. So you can scan that completely confidentially and do it wherever you are. And nobody has to know if you don't want them to. That's your choice. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Helen. It's uh, It's been a pleasure to, to hear more about it. Like you say, it's a, it's a new thing um, and it's really good to know how well it's doing so thank you very much for joining us today absolutely not a problem thank you so much for having us and uh letting us get the message out there that that's that's what it's all about isn't it and it's kind of sharing and if anybody has had a trim and feels comfortable sharing their experiences with colleagues if they're going through something tough then you please do because the more people we can help and support with this when when things Unfortunately, the nature of the jobs, things don't always go right and things we are exposed to such traumatic incidents. But we have got some support out there, which is massively important. Lovely. Well, thank you again for for coming and speaking to us today. No problem. Thank you for having me, Amy. listening to RTB. 
If you've enjoyed today's episode, please like, review and subscribe to the show in your podcast app. And if you've got time, why not listen to our previous episodes? If you'd like to get in touch about anything you've heard on RTB, or if you'd like to suggest a topic for us to cover in a future episode, you can email us at publicrelations at neas.nhs.uk.